In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Trinity, this joyous night, this night of celebration. This night we await the resurrection of our Lord. I don't know if you heard, a couple days ago, a new study came out two days ago. It said that church membership is in significant decline. Over the course of 60 years, it stated about 75% of Americans said they were affiliated with some kind of religious organization. But in the last 20 years, that number went from about 75% to 50%. One third of those who claim to be members of some religious organization now have abandoned any kind of idea of membership. Yet here you are. So that makes you kind of crazy. And not like the rest of the world. Now, I don't say that to judge or condemn. I don't say that to paint a picture of hopelessness, that it's all fallen apart and there's nothing we we can do about it. But, But I say this in order to cause us to reflect on the very purpose of this evening. Why are you here? Why have you chosen to be in this place on this night of all nights? In a world that doesn't understand Jesus or probably even really know Jesus. Yet they didn't know Jesus back then either. They didn't understand who he was or what he was doing. The women who went to the tomb didn't get it. They didn't understand Jesus. So they get to the tomb, and the first surprise is that that stone weighing thousands of pounds is rolled out of the way. And the next surprise is that when they enter the tomb, there's the burial cloth, but there's nothing underneath it. The body was gone. And as they puzzle through this, as they try to figure out what had just happened, these two men in dazzling appearance show before them and ask them a strange question. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? They didn't even know what they were looking for, did they? Why do you seek the living one among the dead? They weren't looking for the living one. They were looking for the one who had died, the one who had been dormant in the tomb since Friday. They were looking for his body to prepare it and to to honor it in this last act of love. They weren't looking for a living one at all. But the two strangers tell them and explain to them the words Jesus had spoken that he must die, be crucified, and three days rise again. And they come to believe. They come to believe that this this night becomes day. That what looked like defeat becomes victory. That, That darkness turns into light and death becomes life. That study release didn't ask people why they're they're leaving religious organizations. But other studies over the years have. And the reality is, we all are seeking something. We're all searching for something. And the simple reality, unfortunately, for many people is they didn't find that in the church. An experience, perhaps, or an emotion, or a feeling, an encounter. Perhaps even joy. I mean, are we not allowed to enjoy this world a little bit? It's so fleeting. It's so quick. It passes so fast. Can't we just have a a bit of pleasure, a bit of fun, a bit of a good time and enjoy it before it's all gone? We're all searching for something. 
We're all looking for the living one ultimately. Because that's who our heart longs for. Even if we don't realize it, just like the women didn't realize it. And the world didn't realize it. And the world still doesn't realize it. We're looking for the living one, but we're looking for him in all the dead things. Christians aren't immune to this. We fool ourselves to think that. We fall for things all the time. Things that fail us, things that fail to to fulfill us. As you too profoundly proclaimed, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I can search all over. The music video takes place in the streets of Las Vegas and they're experiencing all Vegas has to offer and then they come back to the courts, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. If I'm in my home and I can search and look so hard and I still won't find it. Or I can travel to far off countries and I, and I still won't find it. Or I can be consumed with the idea of consuming, of, of entertaining myself and receiving the pleasures of this world and I still don't find it. Or to seek after the embrace of a man or the embrace of a woman. And I still haven't found it. And I return to that well and I return there again and again and again. And it gets shallower. It becomes dry. And eventually we go and there's nothing left. What are we looking for? Why are we so dissatisfied with everything. And even with the best intentions, we can come to this place, not truly understanding what we're looking for. How many times we love the image of baby Jesus sitting in the manger. We want to keep baby Jesus there forever. We don't want him to talk. When he talks, he challenges us. He sometimes even makes us uncomfortable. And he calls us to to do things like take up up our cross and follow him. And then to surrender what we want in order to follow him and his father. Or or we like Jesus the philosopher. We like his ideas and his his teachings and all that. that, That's great. But we don't actually want him to work on our hearts. We like Jesus the miracle worker, just like Herod. Show me a trick. Do something great. Why don't you show me that you're God? But we don't like the testing and the trials we must suffer. We come to church to to find a place of belonging, a find a place of community, maybe grow in wisdom and understanding so we can say smart things or to grow in acceptance or to find acceptance because we're so sorely lacking that. Why are we looking for the living one among dead things? Why? My prayer for you, for whatever reason you came here tonight, some of you it's because you're being confirmed, others of you it's because you're faithful, others of you came to support the people you're next to because they're family and they're friends and you love them so dearly. But I pray that whatever brought you here tonight, I pray you find Jesus. He will surprise you. He surprises us all the time. God took on flesh. God God took on flesh. Took on mortal, a, a mortal body for you. 
we hardly open a door for somebody. And God, God of all creation, God who is on his throne, took on flesh for you. And he took on mortal nature so that he could die for you. And rise again for you and for me. So that all the times we've been searching for things that just let us down, we find life in him. A a place where he pours out his blood for us so that that heart that's dried out, that place we have no longer anything to pull out of, no, no water to draw from that well, he pours his blood into us that it becomes an everlasting, overpouring fountain of life. The one who turns night into day. A beautiful daybreak which shatters the veil of darkness. The women experience this. They witness this. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine being there in that moment when you're trying to figure this out and you have no idea what's going on? And these guys appear and they tell you and they make sense of all the words that Jesus had spoken in his ministry. So the women witness it and they run back to the eleven. They run back to the 11 and they start talking about it and they start proclaiming it and proposing it. And the 11 say, praise the Lord, he rose. No. They look at the women and say, you're crazy. That doesn't happen. Dead people don't get up. They're confused. But it didn't stop the women from proclaiming. It didn't stop them telling this powerful truth that Christ is risen. And so Peter, Peter gets up and he goes running to the tomb and he gets to the tomb and he looks in and he's amazed at what he sees or perhaps even what he doesn't see. There is no body there for he is risen. This is the message you bear, the light you hold the light that we even held in the assembly as we gathered tonight and received the light from the Paschal candle, that the light of Christ would burn brightly and dwell within us. The world may think that the church is not for them, right? Oh, that's great. It helps you and it's good for you, but it's not quite my thing. It is their thing. Jesus is their thing. He's our thing. He's everybody's thing. He is the one. The one. All other things are secondary. Nothing could be farther from the truth than saying that Jesus isn't quite my thing. He did this all for you. For the world. He wants nothing more than for each of us to become members of his body. The body of Christ. Those of you who are being confirmed tonight, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. To see how God is going to work in your hearts in the coming days and weeks and months. And I cannot wait. Because he will do powerful and amazing things. He is doing a powerful and a beautiful thing today. He is doing an awe-inspiring, awesome thing today. And I'm so excited to see that this night, when he turns night into day, when he breaks the darkness with his glorious light, when he looks at death and turns it into life for all of us, that we get to share that and bring it out into a world. I hear stories like the other day about how everything's falling apart in the church, and I'm not discouraged. I'm not filled with hopelessness. I'm not downtrodden because you know what? The light of Christ shines brightly within you. 
And he is bringing you to be a light bearer in the darkness. And you know when the light shines brightest, brothers and sisters? It's when it's dark outside. It's dark. You ever get in a room that's so dark you can't see anything? You can't even see your hands in front of you and you light a little match? The light shines brightness, brightest in the darkness. So I'm not scared and you shouldn't be either. I have hope. I have joy. I have so much joy because I get to see the light shining to each and every one of you. And I know it's burning brightly because that's Christ. That's what he does. That is always what he does. So bear that light. Bear it, brothers and sisters. A light that came even in the darkness of your heart where there was sin and brokenness and sadness and still is every day and brought healing, joy, and life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.